This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Well, good morning and welcome once again. This is the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Wallison. He is Jason Riddler. He is the founder and president of Avoid Probate. And we're here to make your life so much easier to save you money and to save you just a whole whack o hassles. Yep. Good morning, Ted. Coming up on the program today, and I'm looking forward to this, we're going to be speaking with David Pickett. Now, David Pickett is the principal and founder of a company called Pardal, P-A-R-D-A-L, Ventures, and he is a chartered business evaluator. So essentially what he does, if you have a business that you're selling, you go to him and he says, okay, essentially this is what it's worth this is what you should be looking at out in the marketplace. And mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to him when we talk about all the different uh, ventures that he has been involved in over the years, whether he has, as of recent times, been dealing with cryptocurrencies. I wonder if it's raining where David is today. He's in London, England. Yes. My guess, maybe. So we'll find out. Uh, have, you, have, you, have you run into anybody who wants to deal with cryptocurrency with you? I happen to deal with cryptocurrency. Do you really? On a small scale. Okay. Yeah, and, and to answer your question, yeah, occasionally occasionally a listener will call with a cryptocurrency question. I'm not the expert on cryptocurrency. It's complicated stuff. I think there are, if you go, there are certain places you go to in, in the states, in the southern states, they think that our money is actually cryptocurrency. Yeah, or, it's so or, pretty. It's more, it's more like crippled currency. It's our money. So we'll be speaking with David during the course of the program, and as well, we're going to go to the um, mailbag, as we like to do. And for those who would like to ask a question, uh, you can do so two different ways. During the course of the week, you can call toll-free 1-844-667-7628, or you can email info at avoidprobate.ca. We'll be back in a moment. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember, insert your name, and we're heartbroken because, insert your name, did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of, insert your name, have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. 
Welcome back. This is the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Wallace, and he is Jason Laidler. Joining us on the line from jolly old England is the principal and founder of Pardell Ventures. He is a chartered business evaluator. He is David Pickett. David, welcome to the program. Hi, Ted. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good morning, David. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. We're thrilled to have you here all the way from across the pond. Uh, we don't. You are our, I guess, as of uh, today, our longest distance guest to be on the show, and we're glad you're here to talk about what it is that a uh, chartered business evaluator does, because I'm sure most of our listeners are unfamiliar with it. So having said that, you know, please tell us about yourself and tell us what, what a chartered business evaluator does most of the time. Essentially, I'm a financial consultant. Uh, a chartered business evaluator or a CBV is a specialized financial consultant who goes in and uh, appraises businesses. So I will go in and help a business owner find out exactly how much their business is worth. There are multiple situations that uh, they may require that kind of type of information, whether or not they're looking to do estate planning. So, you know, if their business is their largest asset and they're looking to structure it such that they can, um, you know, pass along uh, the value of their shares to their uh, their children or the next generation. Um, or if they're looking to buy or sell a business and they want to, they want to offer shares of their business as uh, consideration um, as part of the deal, then, um, you know, those, those often prompt uh, them to call somebody like me to help them better understand what it's worth before they go out into the open market and then potentially make a mistake that could be costly for them. Well, clearly it's going to be a, d- a different scenario for each business when you sit down and try to evaluate them. Um, how much does goodwill have come into play when, when you're doing these quantifications? That's a good question. So goodwill can oftentimes come up in multiple different forms. So if you think about, let's say, a Let's say a software company. Uh, goodwill will come in the form of, you know, the price that they paid over uh, the various assets of a business that are difficult to quantify. So if you've got, you know, uh, intangible assets, things are difficult to measure mm. um, that you can't necessarily justify the, uh, that under the price that's paid. Then goodwill is, is typically attributed attributed for that kind of uh, residual value or what's left over to that you can't directly matched to the, the quantifiable assets of the company. In another, in another form, and very common for private, closely held businesses, let's take an example like an auto business, uh, auto repair shop. The owner may have a lot of personal goodwill that he's built into the company that explains why he's earning, let's say, a cash flow or you know a high amount of income that would also justify paying a certain price higher than what just the value of the assets are paid. That's another way to look at Goodwill. I'm going to read something real quick from an article I'm looking at, and uh, it's got an interesting title. It's called Don't Fudge a Business Valuation, uh, written by Sondra Stewart a few years ago, back in 2012. And part of her introduction to this article says that valuations are recommended for a wide range of tax-related situations, including tax-free transfers of assets, estate freezes, corporate reorganizations, family succession planning, management buyouts, exercise of rights under shareholder agreements, death and terminal returns, probate, this is where I was going with this, it is the Avoid Probate Show, probate and U.S. estate tax, immigration, gifts, 
tax treaty issues, and the incorporation of a professional practice. So we, we talk about it every week here on the Avoid Probate Show on Sunday morning, AM 740, and our very clever listeners are, are learning something every week, we hope. Um, when the when the person who's going to settle the estate of a deceased person starts doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is um, valuating the estate, if there's a business there, boy, uh, that's a tough one uh, for somebody who's not skilled, right? To would, Most people wouldn't even know where to begin to evaluate a business, right? That's why you have professionals such as myself. So charter business valuators are, you know, kind of in the same ilk as uh, chartered professional accountants, chartered financial analysts. Um, essentially, the the gold standard of professional services in the accounting and financial realm. So in, uh, in, in an instance where you've got uh, an estate that needs to be uh, settled and, and, you know, assets and uh, all of those things need to be distributed to the next generation for all, I guess, non-registered assets. So things that wouldn't be, um, you know, uh, things that would be, would be subject to probate law. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, understanding the value of your business, which could be one of, or potentially your largest asset, um, you know, the, the probate taxes that could be associated with that because it's caught up within, um, you know, within those proceedings could be, could be significant. So I think making sure you've got that calculation correctly and fairly, that, that's, that's the main uh, the main job of a professional like me is to come in and make sure that the CRA doesn't just impute a value that is, you know, somewhat arbitrary, as an example. It's interesting, I think, how you focus just now on getting the, the math right for the sake of the probate fees or the taxes being accurate. I would have actually come at it from a different angle, not not a incorrect angle, but just my my initial concern or primary concern would be you want to get it right, not so that you get the right amount of uh, money to pay the pound of flesh to the province, but you want to get it right so that your beneficiaries don't come after you and say, hey, man, uh, why did you sell dad's business for pennies on the dollar? You know, you, you cut us all out of uh, potential uh, beneficiary monies that we were entitled to, but because cause you didn't know what you were doing and you didn't know how to evaluate it, you know, you shortchanged us all. That would have been my main concern. Well, for example, if you've got um, a trust, like a family trust, where the trustee is representing uh, multiple beneficiaries who all could be, you know, and have a claim to to the estate, um, yeah, I would think, uh, you know, that trustee would certainly want to make sure that they, and I'm going to make air quotes here, cover their ass with hiring a professional to make sure that the, uh, you know, the value of the privately held business, or um, it could just, it could be a holding company with you know, some public assets, but also private assets as well. And all anything that could be somewhat securitized, right? Debt, um, equity in, in, in companies, options, things like that. Well, so go back a second here. You know, you made a good point, I think, with the reference to the holding company. Lots of our listeners, uh, sophisticated investors, have holding companies for lots of different reasons. So it doesn't necessarily have to be an active business. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. Yeah, you could have kind of a shell company or a holding company that um, just has a beneficial interest in other active companies. And so the dividends or interest that that holding company earns is considered as well as um, valuing the underlying 
assets or shares or debt or whatever that the holding company owns, that that's what we would kind of look at and value it as a almost like a portfolio. Now here you're sitting with a situation. So if I have a holding company, for example, and I have uh, five companies that I've invested in, uh, all of which the dividends are all going to this holding company of mine, correct? But mm-hmm. by the time we register and by the time everything goes through, the value of one of these companies could have increased or decreased significantly, which therefore has an effect on the value of my company. I mean, we get into so many different layers, it's it's like a plate of spaghetti. That's absolutely correct. But when we do evaluation, just keep in mind that we pick a specific date. So it's like a point in time that we would look to value those um, underlying businesses at and then roll that up into uh, the holding company for the first specific valuation date. It would be the date of death in the case of a probate application. Correct. The amount of uh, probate payable from the estate is based on the value of the estate on the date of death, even though... Obviously, this process could take time and, and things, prices can change, prices can fluctuate, uh, whatever it is, whether it's share values or housing prices or real estate prices or whatever it is. I mean, I mean, this is probably a silly question, but for you, like, what kind of timeline are we looking at? We hire you. Mom passed away uh, two weeks ago. There's some uh, business investments or, pro- or holding companies that need to be evaluated. David, uh, we call you up. What, what's the next step and what kind of timeline are we looking at? That's a good question. And I hate to be, you know, the one that says it depends, but it really does because if you've got, um, you know, it depends on how simple or, or complex the assignment is. If I'm going to come in and value one single business and I've got open access to information in order for me to go in and make a, because again, I'm, I'm putting my professional reputation on the line saying yep. that I think this business is worth between this and this. And then I have to be able to defend that in case the CRA or um, there's a potential legal challenge in the future. Well, absolutely. So, and that's why you're there instead of me. Absolutely. And, and I think that's so it does depend. But, you know, traditionally, as long as, um, you know, there's the professional it could be myself, it could be somebody else. Um, but as long as they've got uh, the capacity and the ability to, to, to come in right away, they've got open access to the information and they've got a clear scope of what to do. It can take, you know, I, I, the quickest one I've done was within a week. Uh, and then I would say the more complex ones sometimes take uh, a month or two, but those are very large, you know, uh, multi-entity with multiple uh, levels of ownership and, uh, you've got complex org charts, things like that, that yep. I won't, you know, go into further detail on, but um, th- those typically take longer. All of which adds to the length of the time it requires to go through the probate hoops. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Speaking with uh, David, David Pickett is our guest. He is uh, with the, he is a chartered business evaluator with Pardell Adventures. We'll step aside, come back with more in a moment. This is Zuma Radio, AM740. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Marilyn is a good daughter who wants the best for her elderly mom. Um, why is she overdrawn on her account? What's going on here? Her mom had money, much of which was tied up in non-registered accounts like GICs, paying next to no interest, which meant... She was dipping into her capital big time because the residence she was staying in was very costly. So she was overdrawn on her account four times a month. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs using her power of attorney. The bank refused, saying the accounts were in her mom's name only. 
and then rub salt in the wound. They pushed it back on the family and said it was all our fault. We should have been on top of it, not them. That's when Marilyn got a hold of Jason at avoidprobate.ca. He accompanied Marilyn to the bank to move mom's money. Why? The insurance companies now have as many, if not more, investment options than the banks have. Plus, we can also put a 100% death benefit guarantee on the account once it's at the insurance company. Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca. I don't know how long my mother is going to live. None of us know. So my thing was, if she lives to 100, there'll be more than enough money to sustain her. How was avoidprobate.ca able to help Marilyn's mom? It's a good news story. The account is earning money much more than it did when it was at the bank in a low-paying GIC. But more importantly, it's still 100% mom's money. There's no joint owner on the account, but there is a beneficiary on the account, which wasn't there before. Which means no tax issues and no probate to worry about. I share my story with as many people as I can, and I hand out Jason's cards to lots of people and say, call this man. He'll walk you through it. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number. But call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back to the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Wallace and he's Jason Laidler. Our guest today, David Pickett. He is a chartered business evaluator principal and founder of Pardell Ventures. Uh, how can people get a hold of you, David? Thanks, Ted. Yeah, people can get a hold of me at... Do they have to get on a plane to England? To, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. We mentioned that you were in England. You're just visiting. For those who are yeah, just tuning yeah. in, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they don't. So, it, you know, we're in a digital world these days. So I do most of my work in Canada, even though I am over here in England. But uh, the best way to contact me would be through... Um, Either email uh, D Pickett, so D P I C K E T T at Pardell Ventures, P A R D A L V E N T U R E S dot com, uh, or by phone. I have a Canadian, an active Canadian number that that comes to me here, and uh, I'll respond and um, you know hear out what what you guys have to uh, what what the problem is and how I can help you guys solve it. So that number is nine zero five five zero six nine nine zero four. One more time, please. Number? 905-506-9904. And we'll repeat all that information at the end of the interview. It, it seems weird that it's a 905 number to contact somebody on the other side of the ocean, but modern-day technology, Ted. That's what it is. That's what it is. David, um, <laughs> we're glad you're here uh, talking about... It, it's not a topic that obviously applies to everybody, but you know, I don't have to tell you, uh, there's a lot of business owners out there and as we talked about in the in the previous segment, it, you don't even have to have a, a business, an active business per se, to require the services of a business owner. We're trying to connect the dots here between your services and and avoiding probate or or, or somebody who would be wise to enlist your services if they are the executor or the estate trustee, because you know they're taking on some personal liability when they present the value of the estate to the province. And if they get it wrong, well, there could be problems there in more ways than one, right? 
David, I, I told you I was looking at this article in front of me called Don't Fudge a Business Valuation, written by Sondra Stewart. Uh, it goes on to say that in family business succession planning situations, an independent valuation helps to remove some of the emotion from the discussions. Ideally, the founders would get a valuation done proactively to help them assess how to distribute their wealth. If only some of the children will receive shares Knowing the overall business value will help the owner allocate other assets to make the desired distributions to each child. That's referring to what we call the state equalization, right? So if, I don't know, if I'm a farmer and I got four kids and three of them aren't interested in working on the farm and one is, well, I need to know what the value of the farm is, the business, Mm -hmm. so that if I want it to be an equal distribution to all the kids... I need to know what the value is before I can equalize it, right? Yeah, absolutely. You've, I think you've explained it as, as, as clear as you could. You have some people that are fit to run the business, and when you're dividing assets and distributing the estate, um, you want to make sure that the person that is going to continue running the business has a fair look, fair market value of that business, um, doesn't take away or... Um, you know, from the rest of the estate, and then others can can benefit on a fair and equal basis, if that's what the uh, the estate you know supports based on you know how the will and everything is written. If that's the goal, yeah. So when you're evaluating the, the a, a company, is there someone else that's brought in with you, or is it just based on the evidence that you've collected? If it's uh, purely on the business of the company. Um, and I, and there's no other assets that would be, you know, I call them redundant assets. They're not core to the operation of the business. It could Mm -hmm. be like, you know, your office space. You don't necessarily need to own your office, but some businesses do. And, um, what we would do there was we would calculate what a fair market value to lease that space would be if you were to lease it from a third party. Um, and then what I would do is I would bring in a, uh, you know, a, a real estate appraiser who's qualified to value just that specific real piece of real estate. And then we would have that as our, you know, redundant asset portion of the entire business. And then the rest of the business would be focused on, you know, the business's ability to generate um, cash flow based on its, um, you know, if it's a manufacturing business, then based on its ability to operate and, you know, sell widgets, you know, run its business in, in normal course. You know, the, the author is talking about, you know, what reasons do business owners give for not having an independent valuation performed? And this expert is saying that, you know, whether, whether it relates to obtaining an independent valuation or getting expert tax advice, they say, quote, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. So a lot of the listeners can appreciate that. Uh, speaking of which, can you give us an estimate, you know, a rough uh, cost, rough estimate of cost from you know, crazy, crazy low to crazy high and everything in between? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, for very simple valuations that would take me, you know, less than a week or within two weeks to kind of gather the data, analyze, produce a report and, you know, provide that back to the client. I think we're talking in the, you know, in the low thousands. I've been able to do them from between, you know, two and three thousand. Um, for businesses that are, you know, very simple to do. Um, I charge normally an hourly rate. So if I don't, you know, if, if it takes me less than 10 hours to do the job, then, you know, I'll build my per hour rate, which is 250 an hour. The largest ones I've done have been in the, you know, five figures. I've done, I valued uh, large telecom assets for governments out in Alberta. And that's, 
um, you know, that's been more of like a $40,000 engagement because mm-hmm. of the, you know, the liability that I have with making sure that I estimate and accurately capture the value of these, uh, you know, large and very expensive assets. So I'm worried we're going to run out of time here. I want to run by a, a real life scenario we had here at the Avoid Probate Show from a caller. Daughter called me to say dad passed away recently and mom is still alive and there's a, there's a son. So, um, Mom and, and two children, adult children, and dad owned an, a commercial property here in the GTA. I don't know the details of the commercial property, but I did ask her if it was part of a business, and she said yes. And then I mentioned um, CCPC, uh, Canadian Controlled Private Corporation. She said yes, and as soon as I said that, she said, okay, stop right there, because you know she said, you're saying all the right things, and I need my brother to be in on the next phone call. Well, what is that that you just mentioned? I'm, I'm not aware of that. Uh, that's what I was going to ask David to touch on. Okay. Um, for the listeners, you know, the, the CCPC, what that means, uh, how there's a, a, a tax exemption available for holders of CCPC shares. Can you comment on that, David? Yeah, absolutely. So there's uh, a lot of benefits that the federal and provincial governments across the country, they provide to um, Canadian-controlled private corporations, which are, you know, as you refer to them as CCPCs. Um, in Ontario, I believe the um, corporate income tax rate, you do get a small business deduction that allows you to earn, um, I think, up to the first 500000 of uh, income at a lower rate. So rather than the 26.5%, it would be closer to uh, the exact number I don't have, but let's call it 12%. Mm-hmm. So you get that, the delta as a benefit. It's significant anyway. And and you get the tax savings on that. Um, the other thing would be lower dividend tax rates um, as well. And um, some dividend tax credits that may apply um, to owners of CCPCs. So those are those are just some of the benefits. Um, and then there's also the lifetime capital gains exemption. So right. um, capital gains apply if you sell your business um, or you, you're deemed to dispose of your business. So, you know, you're supposed to pay um, a capital gains tax rate on 50% of the capital gain. So let's say you started your business with $1, but you sold it for a million. Your capital gain would be dollars. Yeah. And so you would have 50% of that would be taxable at the, um, you know, marginal uh, investment income tax rate. Right. So your capital gains exemption, which I think is just under 900,000 right now would go against the, um, the portion that would be taxable and it would lower your your capital gains tax burden. David Pickett is our guest. He is the principal and founder of uh, Pardell Ventures. He is a chartered business evaluator. Have you had to deal with anybody uh, who is dealing in cryptocurrency yet? <laughs> I have not had a client yet that has had uh, cryptocurrency, but I know that's an ongoing discussion whether or not those are should you be claiming capital gains. I think the consensus by the CRA is that you know if you're it trading in the crypto space, it's like you're speculating with stocks. So therefore, you know, if you're buying and selling, you should be paying capital gains and reporting it. Shocker there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did you think the CRA was going to say anything else? Well, but right no, now, right not. now they're not, but they can't tax them right now, right? The, the money's just sort of floating out there in the ether. That's right. And it's all about traceability, right? <laughs> so Yeah. And, and so do you get paid? Can you, can we pay you in uh, cryptocurrency, David? <laughs> I unfortunately do not accept uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum. It, it, 
you know, I do, um, you know, stick to the kind of traditional right. <laughs> monetary channels, whether it's, you know, sterling or Canadian dollars and or U.S. dollars. But uh, <laughs> these days it's British pounds. If it's the, if it's the future, then I'll consider it. <laughs> We could go on. I know, uh, once again, it's a very specific, specified topic that uh, not everybody can relate to, but certainly, you know, there's a lot of people out there, like I said, with business uh, interests. So I want to thank you for being here. Um, hopefully, you know, you've shed some light on what your services are and, and how people can use them to evaluate the, the business for multiple reasons, not just uh, because of probate, but lots of reasons that that, that could be needed. Um, by the way, David... Um, I know you're not in Scotland, but uh, a Scottish friend of mine made me aware the other day that a, a, a Scottish estate just came up for sale that looked very interesting because it's called Moorfield, by the way. Moorfield Estate in the Scottish Highlands. There's eight eight locks and a river and this four-bedroom estate home on, get this, 4,600 acres 4,600 acres of Scottish Highlands. The, the listing price on this, a modest 1.1 million pounds, which um, I'm getting to a question here for you. I think that's about the price you could get a uh, one-bedroom flat where you are in London. Does that sound right? 1.1 million, million pounds? In my postal code, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> what, a one-bedroom flat or 4,600 acres of Scottish Highlands with eight locks. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate, I would say. I think, you know, it'd be like comparing Toronto to, you know, northern Yukon. Moorfield Estates. If any listeners are interested in putting in a bid, please let me know. So yeah, I let can, me write that down. So I can put my name down to be one of the uh, guests. Is it just the one? <laughs> well. Because I'm looking for a pair. 4,600 acres, I can't imagine. <laughs> you can get a hold of David. Uh, you can text him at, or email him, email him I should say, D. Pickett, P-I-C-K-E-T, at Pardal, P-A-R-D-A-L, Ventures, plural, dot com. That's PardalVentures.com, or call 905-506-9904. And, of course, at the end of the program, we'll give you the address and the phone number to uh, avoid probate as well. David, thanks very much for your time and all the best to you and say hello to everyone that we know and owe money to in England. And uh, enjoy that uh, Scottish golf you were talking about uh, the other day on the phone. Yeah, thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, take care. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Bye. We'll step aside back in a moment with more on the Avoid Probate Show on Zoomer Radio. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Let me just take a minute here and talk about my friend Tom Mihalik, who, of course, is the proprietor of Tom's Place of Inman Business in this city for in excess now of 54 of 50 years and i'll tell you if you've never been to tom's places this is one of the coolest places that you'll ever go shopping it's in the heart of kensington market 190 baldwin they have a tremendous tremendous selection of men's clothing casual formal attire the best quality 
clothing that money can buy, and it won't be as much money as you normally do spend. And when you go to Tom's place, make sure that you mention that you heard him mentioned on this radio program, and he will uh, be even more generous than he normally is. And this is one generous man. So check them out. Tom's Place is located 190 Baldwin. That is the heart of Kensington Market. That's where you will find great clothing, great savings, and a terrific staff. Tom's Place will suit you. This is the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Walsh, and he is Jason Leadler. He is the founder of Avoid Probate, and you may contact him during the course of this week via a toll-free number, which is... 844 667 7628. Once again, 844-667-7628. Info at avoidprobate.ca. Info at avoidprobate.ca. A couple of interesting letters today. We have interesting letters. Ted meant to say email, not text. You can email me at info at avoidprobate. See, I'm paying attention. Good. All right. uh, Mailbag stuff. Um, Jumping right in. We'll call him John. John's mom passed some years ago. It's just John and his sister, both adults in Ontario. And um, mom left the sister, the daughter, with something called a life interest in the house. So John's sister gets to stay in the house as long as she's alive or as long as she wants to, uh, whichever comes first. And that's common. Um, So years have passed and... So is the sister, as it happens. And that's fine. That was the deal. Uh, Everybody uh, um, adhered to mom's wishes. So John now sells mom's house. Here's the interesting part. The title was never changed from mom's name uh, after she passed years and years ago. So we all know that the principal residence is tax exempt. That's fine. And uh, probate is payable based on the value of the estate at the date of death. That's fine. But that was a long time ago. Since then, of course, houses in the GTA have gone way up in uh, value, but it's still in mom's name. So we think we think John might have a tax problem on the change in value from the date of death, which I think is like nine years ago. It's not it wasn't nine months. We we're talking a long time. Yeah, but the money that he's going he's going to sell the house now. He so sold it just now. He sold it. Okay, so he's getting market fair market value. So he's made a bunch of money, but the question is, is there a tax bill? And if so, what does it look like? Now, there's a twist here. The twist is, you know, after running this by some of the lawyers on the Avoid Probate team, we are a team here with access to all kinds of professionals. We heard from uh, David earlier in the show. Um, there's a chance that, depending on what the will says, there's a chance that um, there's an implied trust that was set up for the benefit of the sister. Now, we don't know for sure yet because we haven't seen the will. So that's the next step. But it was interesting when I talked to the lawyer about the situation, it would be wonderful if if it, if it that's the case and uh, John doesn't have to worry about tax in the last nine years on that property. But uh, that, this is a stay tuned, uh, we're working on a story. But um, yeah, implied trust um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an update when I have an update. Okay, so I'm going to leave you hanging on that one. Next one. Uh, we'll call him John again. Why not? Ted, uh, this listener, by the way, remembers you from your Q107 days. So mm. uh, you have a, another fan. Um, John. Hello, John. Oh, yes, right. I'm just not, not your real name. Scanning ahead. John's wife was on LTD from one of the biggest pension uh, plans in the province. I don't want to name the pension plan. 
And she was on LTD, long-term disability, for a long time, hence the name long-term disability, and eventually passed due to her illness. Before she passed away, she, she married John, and they were married for a couple of years before she passed. So there's no dispute about that. I mean, those numbers are what they are. Those dates are what they are. Um, Ted's fan, John, is asking the pension people about the survivor's benefit. Now, is that a monthly thing or is that a one-time payout? No, it's a monthly thing. When you when you opt to retire and take your pension money, the pension document, and I've seen dozens or hundreds of them, these are big documents because you have to select what kind of uh, survivor's pensions you want. You can have guarantee payment periods, periods. You can have just your spouse. You can have your spouse and your kids, blah, blah, blah. There's all kinds of combinations mm. and permutations with the bigger plans. The smaller plans don't give you as many options. But so it's it's something, it's a big deal for people. Oh, of course, the other option is to just take the lump sum. And I don't I don't want to graze over that because sometimes taking the lump sum and just leaving the pension plan altogether, that might be the better solution because these days, with the interest rates so low, that lump sum could be a million bucks. And so there could be good reasons to take the lump sum. But that's another story, another topic. In any case, the the answer, the response that uh, Ted's fan John got from the, the pension people was, sorry, your spouse retired before she married you. That's their answer. Therefore, she retired single. Therefore, tough luck with the with the survivor's pension. And he's saying, that's not true. He's saying there's no way, there's no way she retired before she before we got married. Well, he should be able to prove that very easily by going to the company and saying, "Where's the record of employment?" Yes, and uh, the problem he's having is the pension people are being very uncooperative because I said to him, "Well, clearly, if she was retired, then she would have been getting a pension, and the pension amount." is not likely going to be the same as the long-term disability amount. So when did the number change? Uh, check your bank statements, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But he he doesn't have the paperwork he needs, and he's not getting any cooperation from the pension plan well, people. Go to the company. I would go to the company. Yeah, we're throwing it out there. We're, it's another um, work in progress here. <laughs> we, we know that uh, another option is to pay a lawyer to send what we call a strongly worded letter may come to that, but we're open to suggestions. Maybe some of our listeners uh, have some suggestions, or maybe some of them have been in that situation or or worked at a pension plan and have seen this happen before. Anyway, um, I always want to invite the listeners to comment on anything that's on their mind, uh, whether it's topics they want us to talk about, whether it's um, errors they think they heard on the show. That's happened a couple of times. Uh, we're not perfect here, that's for sure. But anyway, that's that's Ted's fan's John story for now. Uh, last mailbag item here for this week. Lovely couple. Second marriage for each. She wants to leave money to her nieces and nephews. She doesn't have any biological children. Uh, one of these nieces and nephews, I think there's seven in total. One of them is special needs and has a Henson Trust set up. I'm going to go in off on a couple tangents here with this story, which is why I picked it. covers a lot of ground. The Henson Trust is something that's uh, specific for uh, helping disabled people to not have provincial benefits affected when they receive an inheritance. There's an asset test. If you're um, in Ontario, it's ODSP. It's different in every province. If you're an ODSP recipient and you inherit a million bucks, well, the province says, sorry, we're not going to pay you your ODSP anymore. You're a millionaire. 
the Henson Trust prevents some of that from happening, to be honest. And it's it's complicated stuff, and you need a lawyer with experience with Henson Trust. Um, I have some experience with them. I have a brother with special needs who one day will be the beneficiary um, of. Well, he'll be the beneficiary of a Henson Trust. Uh, by the way, I should give my brother a shout out to Wack. I mean, I mean Zach. Uh, we'll do lunch later this week. You're buying. So, getting back to the story, uh, there's seven beneficiaries in total, almost as much as Mr. Milgrove's nine. Nine's the number to beat so far, it seems. The point is, uh, we can handle this on the insurance side, no problem, like we did for Mr. Milgrove. But you know, good luck trying to set this up at the bank, where too often they can't even be bothered to put the beneficiaries on the registered accounts. We see it all the time, where even though the RSP and TFSA uh, registered accounts can have beneficiaries on them. Sometimes they don't. And a uh, tangent here, months ago, I think it was a mailbag story. I, if it wasn't, it was a listener who called in to say that uh, they were having an issue because the deceased person will predated the TFSA. That's not hard to do. The TFSA only came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. So lots of people have wills that are older than 2009. And, and that's what happened in this case. Uh, this person's will said something like, all registered investments at the time of this will go to so-and-so. But then they had a TFSA opened up after that. So now there's a fight as to whether the TFSA is included in that all registered uh, investment category because it didn't exist. And, and I said to the lady, well, just... The simple answer is check the paperwork on the TFSA and see who the beneficiary is. It's, this happens to be at the bank. Well, guess what the bank came back and said when we said check the paperwork? They said, we can't find it. We lost it. I'm like, come on. Yeah. I don't know how in this day and age that happens, but that's created another legal issue that's unresolved uh, at the, as far <laughs> as I know. Okay, that's that tangent. So getting back to uh, special needs... And um, government benefits, the provincial, sorry, the federal government introduced uh, not too long ago something called the RDSP, Registered Disability Savings Plan. This RDSP is one of the most uh, misunderstood and misused, neglected savings tools in the country when it comes to planning for individuals with special needs. I've opened many RDSPs. Uh, Yes, we're focusing on probate issues and how to avoid the probate nightmare, but we're also able to help people manage uh, registered accounts, the RSP, the TFSA, the RIF, and the RDSP. Just, just to add to my comment about how valuable it is, your first $500 contributed to the RDSP every year, the federal government matches it 300%. Wow. Guaranteed rate of return of 300% on the first 500 bucks. The next $1,000 guaranteed 200% rate of return on the next $1,000. That is incredible, unbelievable, guaranteed money for savings inside this plan. So let me know if you have any other questions about the RDSP. And again, tell us what you want to talk, what we want us to talk about. Tell us what's on your mind. That's going to be it for the mailbag for this week. Keep your letters uh, and calls coming in. We love it. We'll endeavor to reply to every one of them, and we'll share some of the juicy ones on the show the AM 740 Avoid Probate Show Sunday morning. Did I say AM 740? Yeah. You did. Right here on AM 740, 8 a.m., bright and early to start your Sunday. We'll be right back after this quick break. 
Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember, insert your name, and we're heartbroken because, insert your name, did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of, insert your name, have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca this is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. You're listening to the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Walsh and, and you're uh, Jason Laidler. So here we are. It's, it's the end of August already. Can't believe and it. We're like three something weeks away from the, the federal election. Have you had a lot of knocking on your doors, a lot of people looking for lawn space at your house? And I've had some, to be honest, and I can tell yeah. you I've had a lot of phone calls. That I have not answered because I know who's calling. And I had somebody call me in, in, in a panic mode saying, well, somebody sent me a letter from one of the parties. How do they know what, who, who I am, what my name is? I said, did you vote? Yeah. I said, well, you're on the voter registration list. Yes. <laughs> it's not really, it, it's not that difficult to find out who you are. No, especially today with and, and technology every time, and, all every, that stuff. and every time you sign up for an app, whatever you're opening yourself up to, not necessarily for your home address, but yeah, we're not going to unless you sit there and, and don't fill out anything and don't go anywhere, people will find you. We're not going to dive too deep into the politics here on the Avoid Probate Show, oh, but no, it no, is no. obviously something that people are thinking about. Um, without uh, saying much about it, Ted, are you a decided voter? I'm. I've decided I'm voting. Yeah. Well, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think I have enough. I think I know who yeah, I'm going to vote me too. for. But you got to vote, though. But I'm going to vote. Well, good. I think people should vote, but only if they know what they're talking about. I don't, you know, voting just for the sake of voting. I don't think is is smart. Oh no, no. If you don't know what the issues are, then what 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 good's your vote, right? Well, I suppose you could look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, I I've always sort of believed that it's it's one of those you know our forefathers fought for the right for us to vote. So we should be voting, but but you're right. If you don't know who you're voting for, then you're just... I don't see any value in that, personally. That's my personal opinion. No, well, that's, that's a good point, and I had never... You know what? Give me a week. Let me think about that. All right. That. You can uh, chew on that. We'll pick it up where we left off. But, uh, <laughs> that's right. All Ke- week long. Kelly's giving us a sign here. Thank you to our guest today, David Pickett, uh, calling in all the way from Jolly London, England. That was uh, good content about CBV stuff, and I hope the listeners learned something there. I know I did. Thank you to our producer, Kelly. Thanks to Ted Walsh for decades of radio excellence. Thank you, Zoomers, for your time today, Ted. We'll do the same thing uh, next next week. Look forward to it. Me too. Okay, and Zubers, thanks for joining us once again. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.